Hi, this is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banner Podcast. And this is Bird Banner Podcast, episode number three, with Bruce Labar as my guest today. You'll hear more from Bruce in a minute. But you can find the Bird Banner Podcast on the iTunes Store, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast feeds. Please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast with your friends, and enjoy. Bruce Labar is my guest today. Hey, Bruce. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. Uh, Bruce is a, a birding buddy of mine for a lot of a lot of years, but more so in the last couple of years. I moved to Tacoma about a year and a, a year and a little bit ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and he lives about a mile from me. And both of us are mostly retired, and it's uh, real convenient to get out with Bruce. He is a hotshot birder. He grew up in Southern Cal. He grew up as a birder in Southern California. He'll tell you his story, uh, and uh, moved here quite a while ago. Uh, and uh, currently is the number one lister on eBird in both Washington and Pierce County. Yay, Bruce! Wow. So anyway, uh, Bruce, tell us how you get started in birding. Uh, that is, uh, I, I actually got started um, back in. Uh, the early 70s, um, as far as looking at birds. But um, I'd like to tell a little story about my seventh grade experience back in Cadillac, Michigan, where I was born and Great raised. Great name, Cadillac. Cadillac. Nothing to do with the cars, however, but uh, a nice little resort town. And uh, we had a seventh grade project, and the teacher told us to go out and to identify 10 birds. And so I thought, oh, well, that's going to be easy. And I went out and I, you know, I saw a crow and maybe a robin. And then it got hard. I couldn't find things. So I found a bird book that was in our classroom. And I just wrote down eight other birds. And I handed it in. And the teacher said, well, that's really good, Bruce, except uh, about five of those aren't found in Michigan. And I went, oh, okay. And so, cheat, cheat, never beat. <laughs> so I had to go out, and I do remember seeing a morning dove and a robin, blue jay, um, redwing blackbird, and I think I finished the project. But it kind of piqued my interest a little bit in you know looking around, and but I never pursued birding. So um, ended up going to Western Michigan University uh, in Kalamazoo, and I met my first wife, whose name was Prudy. And we got married in 68, and we graduated in, in 69, 1970, and we decided we wanted to leave Michigan. I had, When I got out of high school, I had taken a year off and kind of hitchhiked all around the country and ended up in Pomona, California, of all places. And, uh, and I wanted to get back to California. I thought that was a cool place. And so <clears throat> we quit our jobs, got a brand new Datsun station wagon, and and bought a whole bunch of backpacking equipment, which was um, the new rage at the time. I remember a book coming out called The Complete Walker, and uh, <laughs> uh, we bought all these great stuff, and we, we had hardly any experience in hiking. I had Boy Scouts, and that was about it. But so had the gear. Yeah, the gear. And so we took off, and we started, we hiked in Upper Michigan and went through thunderstorms and blisters and all that, ended up in Yellowstone, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Yellowstone and Glacier and Banff. And along the way, we kept seeing wildlife. And uh, we had a little pocketbooks on plants and mammals. And I think we had one pocketbook on birds, if I'm not mistaken. I remember seeing a raven in um, Yellowstone on a post. And it was mm-hmm. the biggest bird I think I ever it's saw. Monsters, it was just huh? humongous sitting on this post. And I went, wow. And I, I knew that was a raven. And um, 
ended up in Washington. Uh, we had friends who <clears throat> we were college friends, and he got drafted and was at Fort Lewis in uh, right. in Tacoma, and they lived in Stellicum. And so we stayed with them for <clears throat> a couple months and got them into backpacking. And we thought we were going to live in Washington, but um, the rains came and we decided to head south. <laughs> One of our backpacking trips, though, was <clears throat> we went up to Mount Rainier. And um, and I remember we were hiking the Summerland Trail or something, and, uh, and I laid down and I was eating some trail mix, and I fell asleep. And I got up, and, and all these... Canada Jays were all over me, and I AKA didn't know, great Jays, yes, yeah, or camp robbers or whatever. And I didn't know what the hell they were, and I wanted to know what they were. And so I actually I remember this actually going to the guide and trying to find it, and I did. And I think a lot of birders talk about signature birds, and uh, and I think the, the bird it kind of got you into looking or right. listing or whatever. And so I've always said Canada Jay, and um, to Today, to this day, it's one of my favorite birds. And anyways, after that, we made it on down to Santa Cruz, California. And we found we loved it down there. Uh, We were into alternative uh, foods. You know, we're vegetarians and we were into yoga. And Santa Cruz was perfect at that time. This is 1971. And we ended up in a couple places. And we ended up finally in a house that we rented a little cabin house and there were birds everywhere and I I I couldn't figure out what they were. <laughs> there was like I remember hooded orioles and house finches and hummering hummingbirds and you know things I had no experience with. And um, and then I the the local paper the Santa Cruz Sentinel had an article about uh, a bird walk and sponsored by the Santa Cruz Bird Club. So I got real excited, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I really want to go on this. So I, uh, I And went, she, she made she, the mistake of saying okay. Yeah, she made <laughs> Oh, my gosh, did she ever. And little did she know what she was in for. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> have a drink. That's have, good. Have little, little, little iced tea gets the voice going again. And uh, so then I went on this bird walk, and I am now... 73 years old, and I think the bird walk that I went on, most of the people were probably that age, and I was the youngest thing they had seen in a long time, so they kind of took me under their wing, Sure, and they were just real excited to have young young people, you know, and, uh, and, and I was amazed. I mean, they were going, over here's a flicker, and over here's a rent it, and over here's this, and and I'm going, how do you know that? And they said, well, you know, we, we, we know sounds, and... And that fascinated me, and and they were real sharp. They scared, you know. They shared a scope, and and I saw a bunch of birds I'd never seen before. Sure. And, and I was hooked. And so I think um, I joined the club, and there was one other. Well, there's about two other people that were of age, of my age, kind of. One guy was named Randy Morgan, and he was a local Santa Cruz bird record keeper mm-hmm. and he was a unbelievable naturalist um he knew every plant in santa cruz county and he worked as a environmental uh, uh, uh what do they call him environmental uh specialist and he'd be hired to go out right. and and to inventory a in, survey inventory an area before it was 
you know, developed or whatever. He knew all the grasses. He knew all the birds. A fascinating um, person, and he taught me a lot. And then I kept going on field trips, a lot of these people. And um, and then uh, University of Santa Cruz started to really expand. And a bunch of people, younger people, showed up and that were interested in birds. So I got some of those people involved with the bird club. Uh-huh. And then, and then what? Um, and then I actually started becoming proficient. And so they let me uh, lead a few trips or, or co-lead and... And that was real fun. And I think in 1970, let me look at my notes here. Um, I'm, I, in 1973, no, 74, I met a person named Jim Morris. And Jim had lived in Ocean Shores, Washington, <laughs> which is one of our... One of Ed our hot spots. And, where Ed and I go a lot. And we do actually do a Christmas count out there together. Anyways, um, he had got out of the Navy, for some reason ended up in Ocean Shores, and he was a very proficient birder. And he got together with uh, Gene Hun, oh, who okay. was um, the, one so of the So Gene was down there then? Uh, no, he was in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, yes. But okay. he somehow or another got a hold of Gene, and Gene was one of the big um, uh, birders in Washington, along with Terry Wall and Dennis Bolson and a few others. Anyways, they started the um, Christmas count out at Ocean Shores way back in 1974. And um, so he left there and moved down to Santa Cruz. And he was going to school at the college. And we became really good friends. And my wife liked him a lot, and he was a good guy. And he said, hey, um, there's this other world out there that you don't know about. And then he talked about the American Burning Association and about all these um, amazing places to go and birds to see, and about listing. Well, back in Michigan, I probably had the biggest baseball card collection of anybody in Cadillac, and I was really into collecting, and that really perked my interest. Collecting you know? a list collecting is even and better. Listing and, you know, easy to that. store. And so that perked, up, perked me up a, butt, a bunch. And uh, I remember going with Jim, and we went down to... Um, Mount Pinos and got to see the condors before they were brought in. Took a trip to Arizona with him, and it was just amazing to go up to Madeira Canyon and and all those places and just seeing birds. Southeast Arizona is magic. Opened my eyes a whole bunch. And then, after that, um, we lost touch, and I think he went on to Berkeley to become a dentist or something, and I haven't seen him since, but he was a real good mentor for me at the time. Um, meanwhile, people kept coming to the university and joining the bird club, and I got a part-time job at a outdoor camp that um, sixth graders from various schools would go to. It was called Redwood Glen, and it was up in the mountains of Santa Cruz. And I was a maintenance and custodian person there. And two of the people that ran the outdoor camp were birders. And... Uh, and they had bird feeders all over the camp. And they had, they, they went out owling at night with these kids and everything yeah. else. And one of the people became a really good friend of mine named Bob Hargis. And he helped me a lot identify <clears throat> birds that were coming to the feeders and, and stuff like that. And that was, and he, he was a bird club member as well. Sure. And then, then what? Um, I guess the, the time that the really the, 
I had not met many of the main people in California then at that time that were really cutting the, yeah. cutting the new world uh, of birding. And um, the, I mainly birded around Santa Cruz or Palo Alto or right. the Bay Area. I did meet a couple people like Rich Stalkop and Don Roberson and a few of these people who are kind of legends in there in the California birding. But um, I we actually started our own little group, and and I met a person named Steve Allison and Carolyn Fredrickson, Dennis Parker, Steve Getty, Don Starks, and Dave Ekdahl. And we formed a little group that we were chasing stuff all over the place and, you know, using each other's cars and go up to Point Reyes. And, and the, the way we'd hear about it was... Um, there was a, a, a phone... Um, phone tree. A, a, well, before the phone tree, oh. there was a weekly phone hotline. hotline. Hotline, sure. Which was run by a guy named Joe Moreland, who was one of the main birders in California at the time and a teacher at one of the colleges. And uh, and so every Thursday or Friday, we'd listen for Joe Moreland, his tape, and he'd say, oh, there's been a couple warblers at Point Reyes, or there's this or that. And we would go, and of course... It could have been a week. Yeah, six days too late. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, but sometimes we were lucked out and we were able to to find these birds. We had that in Washington for many years. Yeah, Yeah, along with with Gene Hahn. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, we actually became quite proficient and kept meeting more of the hotshot birders in California, and were welcomed into on on a phone tree, and a phone tree worked throughout California and became friends with people in Southern California like Paul Lehman and John Dunn and those folks. Mm-hmm. And they would call one of us in the in the Santa Cruz area, and then it was our job to spread the word throughout Santa those Cruz. Those were the long-distance phone calls. Exactly. Yeah, you and made it a quick call. And those were the, and that's, and that's how we were able to um, end up in, at a Denny's at 5 o'clock in Santa Maria to look for something, and all of us sure. would be there, you know, and... And it was a wonderful way of getting around. It was certainly, certainly an interesting time to, um, and hopefully you got accepted into that. Earning your way onto the phone exactly. tree was not a small and, task. Yeah. Right, you had to, you had to kind of prove your colors, and um, and then um, about that time, um, of the late seventies, uh, Debbie Shearwater, I think her name at the time was Debbie Milchap. Okay, and Debbie Debbie Love Milchap. And she came from Texas, and she ended up in the Monterey area, and she really got into pelagic birding, obviously. And, yes, um, Shearwater Journey. And uh, so I, I had been, my first pelagic was, I look at my notes, in September 76, and my second was in 78. And that was before Debbie started the trips. Um, I think uh, Santa Cruz Bird Club or the Monterey Audubon uh, sponsored them. Put them together. And I was really hooked on pelagic birding. And then Debbie uh, started her tour group, and we and that just took off. And obviously, you know, she became famous, Debbie Shearwater. And um, I did a lot of pelagics with her. Uh, I don't know if I was a regular spotter, but I certainly helped on a few trips and... and uh, and that's how I really got cut my teeth on pelagic birding. Um, in 1980, on one of the trips, I met an interesting character named Bruce Barrett. 
and he was from England. Isn't he the number one ABA lister now, or number two? Number just, two, I just guess. Yeah, a, just about that. He he travels all over, and uh, and we became really good friends. And uh, our wives liked each other. We both had kids, and uh, anyways, he <clears throat> he worked as a tech um, computer person for some big firm, and basically could do a lot of stuff anytime, anywhere. And he had, had a lot of time to travel. <clears throat> Good things for a birder. Oh, you bet. So, Especially a lister. And he became part of the phone tree, and we would hear about things, and away we'd go. And I prob- I look at my notes, and it was like it seemed like I was gone way too much and wasn't exactly good for a non-birding spouse and having two young kids. And yeah. it certainly didn't help my marriage at that time, that's for sure. But um, saw a lot of birds, saw a lot of places in California, and it really was nothing to travel from Santa Cruz to San Diego and back in one day just to see a bird or not see it, and that was just crazy stuff. So anyways, chased all over California, and, um, and then... Met many, many of the California birders that time. And you know, Guy McCaskey, of course, kind of the father of uh, birding in California. And uh, our, one of my favorite people was Rich Stalkop, who just recently passed away a couple years ago. And very interesting guy who lived up in Point Race Station and, and Bolinas, that area. And always took time to teach us new things and field ID. Wrote a couple books. Um Got to meet, um, uh, oh gosh, everybody from uh, John Dunn to Paul Lehman. To, uh, a lot, there's just a lot of great people I got to know. At the same time, I became very active in our bird club and became the program director and field trip director. And I was the Christmas count uh, compiler for, oh my gosh, probably 10, 12 years. And as a program director, I was. I was always trying to get people to come, so I was able to actually hook some of these people to come and talk and give slideshows. Cool. Yeah. And I remember Arnold Small came up, and and I remember we had uh, Keith Hansen, who's a tremendous artist who's done a lot of artwork for various bird books. And Don Roberson would always come up from Monterey, or Debbie would talk about pelagics, and um, it was really a fun a fun gig. Yeah, that sounds like that kind of makes our little ABA club look like nothing, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. No. It was pretty special, and the club was really fun. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so Bruce, uh, well, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Oh, you bet. That, yeah, Bruce says I printed before we came. I printed out this "Who Was Who" in California birding page from uh, Don Roberson's uh, <clears throat> Kriegerist.com. I'll leave those uh, links in the in the podcast notes uh, about who's who, and he, he has a page of forty. Uh, people who between 65 and, and 89 were the who's who of California birding. And Bruce really had fun looking at this. I know him, I know him. You know, so, you know, so some of these names, he's, he's thumbing through that page as he thinks of people to talk about. Well, a lot of these people are just um, amazing birders and very, very and biologists. And uh, Kimball Garrett, for instance, is one of the curators for one of the L.A. museums, I believe. And, you know, they're just... Um, Incredible, and a lot of them are tour leaders, like John Dunn. Sure, and, and John Sterling is one of his faces. John on there. Sterling was just a young one then, yeah. And uh, but he was very sharp. Uh, Steve Bailey was uh, a curator at a museum. Um, yeah, there's just some um, amazing people. Here. Trip down memory lane. 
one of our one of the one of the favorite things we'd do is Memorial Day in California in the nineteen eighties was real special and a lot of us throughout California would end up in Death Valley. And uh there were times where it'd be fifty to sixty people there and they're all birders. And there was all these places you would go in Death Valley and you'd spend four days there. And the idea was to find unusual birds that are lost, and they end up at these hot spots in, crack, in yeah. the desert. And so <laughs> we'd have these campouts and sleep on the golf course where you're not supposed to, and but unbelievable birds would be found. And we didn't have any way of communicating. We didn't have cell phones. So what you would do if you're at Furnace Creek and Death Valley, you would there would be a rock that everybody knew about. And you'd go to that rock, and you'd overturn it, and there's people's notes from what they had seen. Oh. <laughs> like then, geocaching. Right. And then, and then you'd drive up into Nevada, and you'd go up to, in back into California to Oasis and Deep Springs and some of these places. And each place <clears throat> had a place where there'd be notes. And that's how you'd, you, know, you knew who had been there before or whatever. Sure. And, and uh, sometimes it was way too late, but... And often you'd be driving down a, a road, you know, a straight road out in the desert, and a car would be going by, and all of a sudden er, you'd just come to these screeching halts because you both, you realize they're both birders, and you'd, you'd share notes, and it was a lot of fun and, and got to know a lot of these um, people that way. Um, that's about it for California. Yeah, when did you move to Washington? <clears throat> In 1989, uh, Prudy and I decided uh, our marriage was having a little bit of problem, <laughs> and so we ended up uh, moving up to um, Olympia. Our friends were still in Stellicum, and they set us up for um, uh, a place to stay briefly, and then we found our own place. And um, and promptly, about a year, maybe a year later, Prudy and I decided to split and get a divorce, and and at the same time, um, when I left California, Paul Lehman told me to, when I moved to Olympia, to look up this one guy named Bill Toit. And uh, he says, you two will hit it off. So after, <clears throat> after Prudy and I split, um, I got my own place, and I gave Bill a call, and the rest is history. I mean, Bill kind of, he's one of the better birders in Washington, it, and he just showed me everything in Washington. We traveled all over. He was going through a similar situation. So we, <clears throat> between our jobs, we we traveled a lot, and we ended up in every part of Washington you can think of, in Oregon. We went to Arizona, uh, down to California, and later, um, in years later, we we've we've been all over too. He stayed. We've been up to Alaska three times, and to North Carolina, and. Very close friend and one of the my, one of my main teachers of. He is an extraordinary bird. Very, very. Oh good. my goodness! And so then, in nineteen uh, ninety one, um, I met Marion um, out at Ocean Shores, of all places. Really? She's, she's a non-birder. Yeah. But she was asked to go along with a couple of my good friends, Marcus and Heather. Marcus Ronin and Heather Ballish who are very close friends and who are birders. And they had taken Marion along because they had had a couple of young, uh, some guys going with them, and they thought, well, you know, 
maybe Marion will hook up with these, and she didn't, thankfully. I was on a pelagic trip, and I went to pick my roommate up at the time, who was with them, and who was named Tom Schooley. And I met Marion. And um, a few months later, we were together, and in 1992, we married, and we've been married since. So, so she knew what she was getting into. She knew what she was getting into. She knew about Marcus and how he birds, and he had she had they had told her everything about birding and what I was like, and it worked out. Um, she didn't mind having her own space. That's true, and plus she loves to go places and hike, and so yeah. it's. She's, she's very nice. Yeah. Um, so then um, at, Bill got me into the Plagic scene uh, in 1992. Yeah, Westport and, Seabirds. And I've been a spotter since 1992, and I've been on, I wrote it down here, see it. I've been on 234 trips out of Westport, which is that's a, that's extraordinary. Amazing. I give a shout out to Westport Seabirds again. I'll leave a note in the pod, uh, link in the podcast notes. They are the aren't they the longest continuous database of pelagic sightings in the in America, if not yeah, the world. In the world, yeah, the world, they're yeah. so run an extraordinary trip. If anyone wants to go pelagic birding in the northwest of the U.S., <clears throat> Westport Seabirds. Yeah, we one of the things we do is we t- we we record numbers as we go, and that's been a real a real boon uh, for um, for science. Actually, we m- several papers have been written, and and that's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Anyone who hasn't been on a pelagic trip, but your first time out, you'll uh, see a speck in the sky, and the spots will shout out. School, school, and you're like, huh? Where's that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so then, um, Marion lived in Tacoma. I moved to Tacoma in 1992. Promptly joined the Audubon, uh, Tahoma Audubon Society, and met a lot of the local birders. And Bill had already uh, met uh, through his knowledge and connections. I had met most of the people in Washington who were. Uh, into birding and traveling, and so um, that's helped a lot. Yeah, got to. It's a community. Oh, you know, it's a that, real it, big community. Getting to know the birders in your area is just makes such a difference in yeah. terms of your experience and the things you see and how much you learn, how much fun you have. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's about it. Yeah, Bruce, <laughs> I thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, uh, last year birding in Pierce County. Okay. Do you remember how we came up with the idea? I think it was something like, was it Matt Bartell sent out an email or in his notes said that there were only two or three counties in Washington who had had a big day every month of the year or something like that? That, that could have been the reason. I think that was, and, yeah. and I think I got a hold of you and I said, well, we should do that yeah. over two years. Said, let's, that, let's just not push ourselves. Let's take two years and over two years, let's try to get a big day in every month. And it goes, Bruce, so two years? <laughs> That's not happening. So we just did a big day every month of 2018. Had a lot of fun doing that's that. That's correct. And Some uh, of them were not so big, but they, they set a, a bar. Well, um, there's a, a, a website called Washington Birder. Right. And maybe Ed will put that on there. Yeah, I can and, do that too. And that's for a lot of us who are listeners, and it's run by Ken and Lori Knittle down in Vancouver, Washington. They do a real good job, and Matt Bartels is one of the main... 
I think he's a webmaster. He's a webmaster, and he also keeps the list up to date and right. what's unusual. Isn't he the right. guy who does it for the whole state? I know you, yeah. you're the Pierce County curator or Pierce County record keeper I, or whatever I send, you call it. I send stuff to Matt every couple months. Right. Then, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a fun thing, and, and uh, each year you get your names published and where you stand in right. the counties and right. all that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, where am I going with that? Oh. Yeah, well, so we start out in oh, January. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, on the Washington murder page, there's a part that tells um, where there's been big days for every county. Right. And Ed, I believe, saw it, and I've seen it too. And where there's, I think, Skamania and one other county uh, has a big day every month. And, and, for Pierce County, it's only been May because we usually do a big day right. in May for birthday. Because that's when you can get the biggest day. Right. And so we decided, um, Ed and I decided, well, let's just do it. So we started out in January last year, and uh, I think we got 100 birds. We were 100. close to 100 if we weren't yeah. 100, yeah. And, you know, and it's fun. You start out in the morning, you try to get a barred owl, maybe a great horned owl. I think last year we had a saw what was a well. point of defiance, yeah. Yeah. And and then February, uh, Ed had um, his wife was very sick and he couldn't go on February's trip, and then and uh, then Ed was on every trip after that. Yeah. Uh, that May we did a big day with Will. Brooks, Will and Ken. Will and Ken Brown. Ken was my guest on podcast number two last week. Right. So the four of us we. W- a couple years before that, I was part of a group that set the Pierce County. Big day record, uh, which was I think 137 birds in the county in one day, and we, I had Ryan Shaw and Ryan Merrill, Charlie Wright, Annie Annie uh, Meyer, yeah. Peter Winberger, his uh, wife. Hot shot, uh, young, so, young so we we really we really you know went everywhere and ended up at Paradise, up at Mount Rainier. Um, last year. Uh, the four of us never even got up to Longmire. I don't believe. Did no, we we, I did, we, started, we did a low ground, just count. low ground, and we had 134, which was amazing for not getting up into the high elevations. So that was a real, that was real fun. I think I think we decided that, you know, it, it it's three or four hours of time just to get up there and back. Right. And right. we would miss a lot of low elevation stuff, and we could do just about as well. And that's, I think and that's true. We did really well. And then throughout the the months, we would change it. Usually we started out at Purdy and out at Fox Island and kind of worked our way. Got our, got our bay birds first. Get the bay birds and seabirds and loons or whatever. But in the summer, that's kind of hard. So we started mixing it up a bit, and we started up in higher elevations and worked our way down a couple of times, and, and that was it's fun. mostly just tried things out and had fun doing it. And we got every month, we got a big day. We, so we, now we set Pierce, a bar. Pierce County is one of the counties yeah. that has a we, we are one of the haves. Month. We are one of the haves, not yeah. the have-nots. Um, in February, I think I was on my own. I think we I ended up with like seventy birds, you know, and um, most of I think our the norm was probably eighty to ninety. Eighty birds. to ninety yeah. most months, yeah. except migration yeah. months were a little bit better. You bet, but that's a lot of fun. And if you haven't done a big day, it's it's fun just to see what you can. It do. It is. It is. Um, so okay. anyway, I, I thought uh, we could talk. Uh, one of the when I really got to know Bruce was on a when I was his uh, roommate on a trip to Africa. Uh, Bruce uh, 
was looking for a, a roommate on a, on a trip. You were not a roommate. You're I wasn't, was I? No, Kay was with us. Kay was, that's, I'm so uh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, but how could I forget that? Anyway, right. was looking for a couple people to fill out a trip so that right. it would actually go. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so we went to Kenya in uh, November of 2016. My Really, my first guided non-ABA area trips. I was like a real novice. Uh, but we, we had a lot of fun on that trip. A fellow named James Bradley led the trip, uh, along with John Sterling. John Sterling is one of the people on the who's who in California birding we just talked about. He's a trip leader now as a, as a big part of his uh, employment. And uh, James Bradley is just this fascinating younger guy, 40-ish or so, who grew up in Kenya. He's going to be my guest next week on the podcast to get to know James. Uh, and was a crazy cool trip. It was, it was amazing. Um, a place I'd always wanted to go to. And I'd known John Sterling from California days and somewhere on Facebook or something, he mentioned I needed people to fill out this trip. So I got a hold of him and signed up, and then I was able to get Ed and Kay to come along. That's right. And, and that filled, I think we only had seven, It was just people. seven of us seven plus us, the leaders, yeah. 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 And so it was very easy, and we had a, we had a, a driver. and, and uh, Isaac. And he was awesome. Yeah. And, and the way that James had set it up, having known Kenya, he kind of took us from one side of Kenya to the other side, and including mountains, and and even went out on a lake and and uh, Lake Victoria, and mm-hmm. we ended up on the the coast, the Indian Ocean, right? Yes, uh-huh. and uh, did a lot of shore birding and stuff like that. So I ended up, and I'm sure Ed did. We had too. identical numbers. Uh, yeah. I had five hundred and thirty five forty seven <laughs> five hundred forty seven species seen, yeah. of which for me they were almost all lifers. Yeah. You'd been around, so they weren't all for you. Well, but I, I think I got over five hundred lifers. It was crazy. It was pretty, yeah, pretty crazy. Maybe four hundred. Yeah, I, I'm guessing like more four hundred. But it was it was a lot. It was, and James was so. I mean, we'd be driving along at fifty miles an hour, and he'd point out a little bird flying, and he'd identify it. And we're like, he can't identify that. We'd stop. He was right every single time. Well, plus. You'll find out next week on the podcast. James knows everything about Kenya. I mean, he knows some languages. He knows the plants, um, just um, the history of Kenya. And uh, it was very, very... He knew the geology, the botany, the insects, the people. (laughs) It was was so cool. It was great. It was so cool. Anyway, I think, uh, Bruce, I'm going to sort of wrap it up. uh, And uh, I'd like to ask a few questions uh, of each of my guests. So first... What's your favorite ABA bird guide? What do you use mostly? Uh, well, of course, both Ed and I, we use the Sibley app uh, when we're out um, uh, birding in, um, in the in, field. In yeah. the field. And, um, you know, you don't yeah. have to carry Phone apps a big... are pretty much taken, taken away, right. carrying a big book around. But my favorite guide is actually the National Geographic guide. I, I remember getting that back in the first edition, like in ni- 1983, and I think I've had... Out of the seven editions, I think I got four of them or something. Um, I, I like it because it um, it has a lot of the subspecies. It has a lot of the rarities that that Sibley doesn't focus on so much. Yeah. Uh, but Sibley's book is uh, very, very pretty. They, they very, both are great. Yeah. yeah they both are great. Uh, and if you had one place that's just sort of your dreamy sort of place to go in the APA, what's your favorite spot? Um, that I hadn't been to? Or no, no that, that you've been to. I've been to, um, well, southeast Arizona. Um, there's going to be multiple ones here. Um, uh, anywhere in uh, southern Texas, Rio Grande. 
Uh, my favorite place in California is Point Reyes and Yosemite. And Yosemite, not not a, not would not have. Uh, I used to think l- that would make a list. I led a lot of trips up to Yosemite, and I I love that area because you can go up there. Seriously, you can drive to eleven thousand feet, and there, then you yeah. go down to Mono Lake, and yeah. so you get this unbelievable habitat variety. Of sure, birds, yeah. You mostly go there in the fall, or would you go other times? Well, usually in the summer. Summer, but, yeah, because that's when things are singing and okay and stuff. I think of Mono Lake as the stopover. Yeah, but, is, it, is it eared grebes at oh, Mono eared Lake? Grebes and all sorts of avocets are everywhere, and yeah, it's just very cool. Yeah. And uh, if you had one place you haven't been yet in the ABA that you're uh, is on your got to get there list. Uh, well, I know Ed's been there, and that's Cape May would be one. And I'd like to go. Oh, to I Mc- didn't realize you hadn't been to Cape I May. Oh, been. that is and wonderful. And I'd like to go to McGee Marsh too. That, yeah, during probably that warbler time. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Bruce, uh, how can, uh, if anyone wants to uh, find you online or wants to get a hold of yours, is there a way that that uh, could happen? I'm on Facebook. Um, Are you Bruce Labar? Yeah, just Bruce Labar, and you're certainly welcome. I'll, to, put, a, I'll put a link to that in, sure, the, in sure. the podcast notes. You bet. Good. And then I, one of your questions here said something about what's, what's next. I yeah, think. Well, yeah, what's next? Well, well next, um, Ed and I... Yeah, we've got uh, a big trip are, coming. ...are going to Africa again, only yes. to Morocco. And, um, yeah, if you look at a map of Africa and Europe, Spain comes down to a point, and Africa comes to a point, and and they almost touch there. This is it. That the Suez Canal? No, no. no, no, no. Anyways, it's little Straits of Gibraltar. There. Straits of yeah, Gibraltar. There's yeah. a little uh, body of water between, but the that is the real landmass link between the two continents. So we're going in April. Should be spectacular right. migration. And we're going with a, a person who used to be one of the big birders in Washington who was a priest named Michael Carmody. He gave up his priest, uh, um, priesthood, job, or whatever. priesthood for a long time ago and has been a tour leader for many years now, 20-plus years, with Legacy Tours. And I'll put a link there, too. Yeah, and he's re- he does a lot in uh, Mexico, but he's got this one trip, and Ed and I are going, and and two of our friends are going, Marcus and Heather, and so it'll be really a lot Should fun. be. I'm super excited. I'm yep. really just starting to study, and larks, oh my gosh, there are a lot of larks and warblers we need oh to learn. Oh gosh, no kidding. Yeah, should be great. Anyway, thank you for listening to uh, podcast number three. Thank you. Uh, and stay tuned for podcast number four next uh, time with James Bradley. That'll be my first Skype interview since he lives in a Victorian. He's not going to drive down. So excited to see how that works. Uh, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the Bird Banner podcast on the iTunes store, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast feeds from. And until next time, this is Ed Pullen from Bird Banner. Good birding. Good day.